WRBH Radio 88.3 FM. This is your host of Dinner Party, Chef Amy Sins, and I'm happy to share this interview with you today. I spent some time with Chef Nathaniel Zimmett with Boucherie, and we talked about all things food, school lunches, and even a little bit about cooking for his three-year-old daughter. I hope you enjoy the show. (laughs) We have a three-year-old, and we're starting to, she's three and a half, and she like repeats she repeats everything but we don't know where she's getting half this stuff and so we're we're just expecting her to start cursing at us pretty soon and she has it she knows the words though i know <laughs> she she quotes movies left and right like uh what did she say to her mom the other day and her my wife's a very good singer actually has a beautiful voice and and she goes mom please stop singing or i'm gonna throw up and that's from i don't know what Mo, it's from Moana, I think, and, and it's like the first few times you hear, it, you're like, "Ow!" And then you're like, "Where did you learn this?" Like, because this is a, that's like a quote kind of thing. Like, there's a time she'll go and she'll she'll be hugging you, and she's, "I'm so happy ever," and it's frozen. <laughs> and the first couple of times, they're like, "Melt my heart! This is the sweetest thing in the world." Wait, you're just you just said Elsa. You just called me Elsa. What's going on here? Wait, wait, wait! What are you doing? <laughs> little manipulative thing. She's so manipulative already. I love it though. It's, it's so adorable. She's awesome. Well, so because you have a three-year-old, is that what got you into this uh, lunch I've been doing it. I started about five years ago and uh, I believe that she has evolved my program and my, kind of my concepts pretty heavily. You get Boucherie's name in front of kids really early then potentially that might be their first date space uh, I had a, a, a customer long-term neighborhood customer um, and his son first started coming when he was 11 had his first duck had his first scallop you know really 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 into what he was eating and loved it and just a great family and had his first date there he got drunk for the first time when he graduated high school with his parents, of course, legally, but at my restaurant. It was, it was, you know, what a cool kind of thought to have. You know, I, I think we all talk about community and what we want and how we want to fit into a community and, and ideally grow and build that community. And, and what a neat way to do that is to start, you know, to be that much in somebody's, not just not just like memory, but family, you know, that's the best way in my opinion to, again, market, <laughs> I don't know what the hell market means, but you know, to marketing um, boucherie. Um, that was part of it. And then I think the other part, really the, the true part that I joke and say that that's what it's about. But the, the true part was um, when I was shot a long time ago, um, and as I was kind of rehabbing and getting better, and I remember just vividly my first meal, um, and I was shot in the, the, the guts. And my first meal was uh, white beans with some crappy sausage. And this was being served to me at the hospital. My very first solid food was just this garbage. And it was, you know, if you think about things that your body can digest, the worst things to give somebody who's now missing part of his colon and part of his intestines. Um, beans. Beans and greasy, crappy, like, not to, no hate DD or whatever, you know, but like, that kind of sausage, that kind of questionable, not quality sausage, 
Not to say that it's not something that people like. I mean, I'm not saying that. Right, but, it, but it, there's a time and a place for there it. There is, indeed. And it, and it reeked of this just like, what in the world is going on here? And why is this? And I, and I believe I really, uh, I was really passionate about it for a long time. I want to change. I want to be involved in the hospitals and institutions. And um, then I, I believe it was uh, Dan Giusti, who uh, he's the founder of Brigade. Are you familiar with that? Yeah, like he, he really, I think, started to hone in on my thoughts about, well, why don't we do this with schools? And then uh, I have an ex-girlfriend who I moved to New Orleans with, and she was a teacher. And just kind of hearing all of these horror stories. And this was, we moved here in 04, so the year before Katrina, and um, just the, the, the climate was, was, is... I don't know. It was just it was it was crazy. It felt like a nightmare, honestly, in so many ways. And originally, I'm originally from North Carolina, and and you know where did you go to school was always this, of course, university thing. And here it's always this high school thing. And and you start to really think about how this this I, I don't know the socioeconomic dynamic is here in this city is pretty rough, man. And and if we can do anything to make a difference there, I, I feel like starting with Nutrition is crucial, you know, I mean not just to say we need to be able to eat healthy Not just to say that we need to be able to have the fuel to Grow and to learn and to build our brains, but also Like the normalcy the comfort, you know, I, I feel like I from my perspective when for instance now For the past bit of time. I've been working nights and so I I've uh, just because I don't have staff, so I have to run the line every night, and I love to do it. Of course, it's the best best part of my job, but also the the most destructive for my life. And um, you know, it doesn't matter if I get home at eleven thirty at midnight. I still want to eat when I get home. You know, this is like that calm down. That that's my little ritual. It's better than drinking, yeah. or something like that. You know, and and it and it calms me down. It gets me kind of centered and geared down to to relax. And just thinking how that's not something that everybody's able to do is really terrifying to me. Um, and so the, the ability to make a difference. And, and I guess also, you know, as, as we were talking earlier, the, the can we do this for the rest of our lives? Can we work in a restaurant for the rest of our lives? It seems like you're killing yourself. Um, and it's a, it is a, it's a hard job. It's very rewarding and, and you have to really love what you do. All of that aside, you know, what am I going to do with his boucherie where I end, you know? And, and so I think about that and I think about how I can hopefully make a difference in my community. I, I feel like in the same sense where if boucherie becomes that special place for these kids, if we can make that in a more broad sense, if we can make a difference with good food, that, that really seems like something that I would like to leave behind, you know? And it's sustainable as opposed to you know, working 80 plus hours a week, you know, I can do this. This is Monday through Friday. Of course, I'm, you know, I have to, in my business model, I have to kind of fit in wherever I need to be. So not that I'm, you know, the past couple of months I've been doing cooking on the line, um, but I still, obviously I still am very much a part of all of my endeavors. Um, but the potential to have a, an, uh, Monday through Friday, daytime gig with, with holidays off is also very alluring, you know. It certainly means 
it could potentially mean something and, and hell if I can do that and make a difference and potentially impact my community it seems like a no-brainer to me and I agree and I think the last goodness almost two years of our lives I think a lot of us have decided to reevaluate what we're doing we're more ingrained in our community because we've been so stuck stuck and we're we're more aware and for me early COVID as soon as the schools closed the first thing I thought was oh my god what about all these kids that were getting school lunch and that was their only meal of the day because so many times people think oh we need people are hungry during disasters people are hungry during crisis but there are people in america who are hungry every day and they're being required to make choices on what to eat and what to buy and how to feed their families and if it's if we're putting non-healthy non-nutritious things in we're not going to get good results out i totally agree you know in the the so i i've been i've in, in my tenure doing school lunches, I've uh, operated with three different schools, Ecole Bailing, St. Andrews, and St. George's. Uh, Ecole, I'm no longer doing. The person who was running my, um, my program, she ended up taking over the space, and she's actually in-house at Ecole now. Um, and right before COVID, I was intending to get involved with my first charter school, the first public school. Um, obviously, the private school sector is great for all of the reasons it's a little bit more lucrative as well but i see that as 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 like a running model you know as me as a learning as a learning pad for me to identify to grow and also to have a little bit of a buffer because it does we do charge we're able to charge more money for that um but honestly the the, the federal government has a pretty they, they pay i mean it's not a lot of money of course and don't i'm not don't mistake my words, but but it's doable. It is doable. I think right now, well, two years ago when last I looked, and and hopefully at the coming in the following year, I, I should I, th I think I have at least one school secured, um, charter school. Um, but it, it's like three seventy five a meal. So I mean, it's it's not a lot of money by any stretch. But don't forget what we're feeding, you know, and and how we're feeding, and and it's. I don't know. I think it's doable. The 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 strict requirements are not strict. I mean, it's the, the, I think a, a teenage, a male teenage person, they have to have like two ounces of protein per meal, which is nothing, right? No. And so that doesn't that make That little boy's going to be hungry. Right. I mean, I know when I was in high school, I, I mean, I would get headaches every couple of hours and I'm not even a big person. Like I just am always hungry and always, always, always my, you know, I need to be feeding my body and I just can't imagine being able to get anything out of the school process out of learning if I was if I'm constantly hungry and that's and, you know I was lucky enough that I could pack snacks and I would literally eat Nutrigrain bars and granola bars every 45 minutes all day right and I mean that's I guess that's not that's certainly not the norm here you know and so I really am excited to make a difference inside of that to, to at least try, you know, and I think when I first began the program, uh, this was before my daughter was born, and I really, <laughs> stupidly, I think I, my intention was, let's, let's eat, let's, let's have these kids eat like, uh, 
me as a 40 year old man needs to eat right so <laughs> heavy protein heavy vo vegetables le low low carb you know really stupid let's be honest and did they just look and kids just look at you Don't like they, with all this green stuff <laughs> honestly they ate it you know and and i got really good feedback from the faculty um but then <laughs> then my then then comes my daughter and my daughter for first two years of life, she absolutely loved, or a year and a half, she ate everything, you know, 100% everything at all times, wasn't, wasn't picky, and then who knows what happened, um, now she'll eat hardly anything. And so now the goal, as I recognize, is nutrition, you know, it's about nutrition. Calories don't matter, you know, the kids need to eat large amounts of calories anyways. So what we do is we really, we, we, take the good with the bad. So for instance, we do macaroni and cheese. When we make macaroni and cheese, we use white pasta. You know, sure, it's not as healthy for you as whole wheat or quinoa pasta or chickpea pasta. But let's be honest, it tastes a hell of a lot better. And so what we do is instead of making a bechamel for our cheese sauce, we roast and puree vegetables and thicken the cheese sauce with that. There's really? certainly dairy, there's certainly cheese. Um, but there's cauliflower, there's squash, there's carrots, there's things in there that you don't see, and that's how you hide, right? The kids can handle the white starch, no problem at all. It's carbohydrates, this is what we need to grow, this is what we need for energy, of course, but let's just kind of envelop them in something that they don't know that they need, which is the vegetables. And so that's kind of how I've really evolved into what I do. Same thing with, we do a spaghetti uh, with a meat sauce once a month as well. Um, and again, we just take all of our veggies and grind them and put them through a grinder and then uh, that's what our tomato sauce is made from. And so again, it's sweet, delicious, just like a spaghetti sauce should be. I mean, we don't add sugar, but you know, natural sweetness from vegetables. And they're just, it's red, so people don't think, oh man, there's green beans it, in this. It looks familiar to them. It looks familiar, that's exactly right. And, and that's kind of, that's where I think I've evolved and that's why I, I believe, I, I think this is what we would describe as the sweet spot. You know, we, we have good, real vegetables, real things, real food. They're, you know, when I season my food, you know, yeah, maybe there's a little salt in it. Yeah, there should be, you know. And also, we want kids to eat this. And this is how you develop a palate. This is how you are exposed to vegetables. And, and one of the, one of my, uh, my daughter goes to St. Andrews as well. So luck, I'm lucky enough to live in the neighborhood. So I'm six blocks from the restaurant. St. Andrews is about three blocks in between the house and my restaurants. And so in the morning, my ritual is I, I come back home and then I walk the dog and my daughter with my wife to, to school and we drop them off and come back, you know. And it's really kind of awesome to, to be able to see and feel the presence of what you're, what you're doing. And, and I had a mother stop me a while ago and she goes hey you surf pico i'm like i don't know who you are i'm not i'm not necessarily i mean i tend to wear stripy pants but like i don't know but at the restaurant Hi, my name's Nathaniel. Was, right right Hi, my name's Nathaniel. what's your name and she goes you got pico you do pico and i'm like oh yeah taco tuesday we always have pico of course and she goes yeah because my kid he hates tomatoes but he's always asking me for pico like, what is this pico? And I'm like, oh, yeah, it's with our Taco Tuesday. We always do tacos on Tuesday because Taco Tuesday is awesome. And yes, we cut fresh tomatoes and make a fresh salsa with it. And that's so cool to hear that the kid likes it, you know? And, and it's seasoned, it's flavorful. I mean, we use lime juice and cilantro just like you normally would. And, 
it's awesome and I, I I think those are the kind of the the big like pats on the back that I that keeps me pushing towards doing this and and recognizing you know we do have to make these compromises we do have I don't but but like for instance taco Tuesday we always have brown rice and black beans and we do either shredded chicken or ground beef cheese pico tortillas like what's not to like here you know <laughs> It's pretty solid. It's all that freshly made. That was my made. favorite school lunch. Me was too. Taco day. And right. Then, and then if you were like, you know, really lucky, and there were leftovers, you could get a second helping. Right. right. And then of course, you know, then our, our soccer coach would run us twice as hard on on Tuesdays. <laughs> but you're like, oh my god, it's taco night. Right. Yeah. I I love doing. I love. I I love that that can become almost a tradition as well. You know. You were saying earlier, you know, your ritual of when you come home from work, you sit down and you have a meal. And I start to think about kind of the ritual of school lunch for me was the opportunity for my little group of friends to all sit around the table and giggle and laugh and talk about their days with each other. And I feel like it's setting the stage for for what the table is. Right, right. Yeah, and you know, I, I, I just, it's beyond me to, to think that it's okay to feed kids poorly, you know? I'm, I've, there, there are hurdles to get over this, but I, I really think, you know, again, setting the stage for their lives, it's, it's, business is business, right? We have to be able to pay our bills in order to maintain business, of course. But there's ways to do this, man, and and there there are other rewards than just money, you know. I, I I think being able to make a difference, being able to to, to create a a stage for to set up, you know, set groundwork for kids to be able to get better and be better. And hey, if they like the food, again, well, that's pretty early to get them to be like, oh, we know boucherie, we love boucherie. Hey, now I'm, I've got my driver's license. I'm gonna take a girl there or take a boy there or whatever, you know. And seems pretty cool to me. Well, but that's what a you know a, a community restaurant is about as well. You Definitely. Know, where I grew up in a small town, we had a restaurant called Snows, and that was the special occasion restaurant. Right, right. It was where you went on a date. It was where you could get a steak, you know, all those things. But I do feel like our family grew up in certain places because those memories in that space are all tied together. So I think, I think your point about getting people there to be a part of your restaurant community makes you a part of their community. It comes back and forth. Exactly. Yeah. And, 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 you know, having, again having this luxury of having both of my restaurants share a backyard is really pretty awesome and and you know what we have done since covid is boucherie we're now only open for dinner five nights a week all of our lunch kind of classics have pushed over to bure and and bure being first of all on carrollton as opposed to off the street uh jeanette street it's just a it's the to a house behind, but still off the high street, you know, and then we have this big open area. It's a big walk up space. Um, we put in a window since COVID just so people don't have to go inside and, and having just really kind of, you know, this is our casual, we have music, we have seven gigs a week right now of music at, at Bure and, and 
people come and they get off the streetcar and walk right there and you know it's really a, a neat kind of part of the neighborhood and then and then boucherie being a small little restaurant off the side that's you know a lot more intimate a, a, you know a lot more um, fine dining directed i guess and um being able to kind of encompass all aspects of what you may want to do outside of your house, which I love, you know, I love, oh, you know, you want to go outside, get, grab a beer, get a daiquiri and, and listen to some music, let's go outside to Bure. you know, you want to go have a date, come on to Boucherie, or, you know, we do happy hour specials there as well, so we're really trying to introduce, and actually, we are doing, we have music Friday and Saturday night at, at Boucherie as well, um, but still, trying to be a part of this community, you know, um, the crew of Red Beans, who, have done just such amazing things. Um, Devin, the founder, is he's he's done just really impressive things for the city for for uh, restaurateurs. And um, he was talking to me, I guess, right after Ida, and was asking about this. He's trying to um, begin this <clears throat> initiative to have um, to 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 buy solar panels and batteries for restaurants to make them community hubs. And that, that model, not only would it have prevented me from having to throw away, I don't know, <laughs> a few metric tons of perfectly good food, but it would also just, I mean, his concept is really cool where, you know, as we all recognize when we lost power for that long, we need places to charge our phones, we need places for air conditioning, you know, there's some things that really could, that that you just don't always consider above and beyond, uh, what am I gonna do with my refrigerator's bad, you know? And so using that as kind of this, this community hub, this neighborhood hub, thinking about that and thinking about how else we can serve our neighborhood is, is really something that I, I feel strongly about and I, I think, why not? Like, why, why wouldn't we want to be that, you know? And I feel the same way and, uh, <laughs> For my listeners out there, I just showed uh, Chef my new refrigeration <laughs> because, you know, Ida took out the refrigeration and there is so much food. If you think about all the food and all the fridges and freezers all over the city and private homes and restaurants, just, again, tons and tons of food that we could only rescue a fraction of, right? right? Yeah. And it's a thing too, you know, I, we, I was able to, I basically emptied out every single refrigerator by myself. Um, and what I have to do for insurance is I'm and part of the reason. So I was like this, I was the, I was the, the, the base of the funnel. And so I would pull all of this stuff out and I would, it without electricity, with a headlamp on, <laughs> I would take a, Let's be honest with a headlamp and a bottle of whiskey. <laughs> right. <laughs> because damn it, if and I, a paper fan. <laughs> right. If I if I if I am literally taking a picture of every single item on a scale and documenting it and then having to upload that to a to a spreadsheet. Yes, I was drinking whiskey uh, in the middle of the day. <laughs> it's okay. Um, yes. There are no more rules. Yes. I'm like, well, you know, this is what I have to do. But so we were able to, I was, I was able to give away a lot of food and luckily, but there's a lot of random stuff that you just, that nobody wants, you know, for instance, I, one of my walk-ins is, is an exterior walk-in. So it's essentially a big metal box and that thing stewed, it got hot, 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 hot. I ended up, you know, having to get rid of all my shelving in that, in that walk-in. Um, and I still haven't been able to fully replace it. Literally, I've, I, from what I hear, I've got 
two, I've got a third of my shelving in the walk-in right now. The other two-thirds supposedly is shipping next month. Fingers crossed. I don't know. And it's it's just these weird little repercussions that you don't think about. Like you said, like these fridges disappear. And then what do I actually do? But we were able to give away most all of our, pro our produce. We had turned the front of Bure into a little farm stand and just let people come and grab whatever they wanted. Um, we coordinated giving away a lot of the proteins. But I lost something like... I think it was 91 quarts of duck fat. And, oh, you know, my heart breaks. Dude, so much. And <laughs> we, do, we don't buy duck fat, you know? We, that's a byproduct from getting whole birds. And so the amount of time it took me to build up 91 quarts. And yeah, I, maybe I am a hoarder, okay? But we use it. Duck fat hoarding is Damn okay. it, we use it. <laughs> and, and to have to, but it got so hot in the walk-in that, you know, fat which preserves. Once it's 110 degrees and just sitting there for a couple of days, like it's it's gone. Same thing with pickles. Like I threw away 75 quarts of pickles. I had someone rescue my pickles. Is that ridiculous? It's they rescued lucky. my. <laughs> someone rescued some of my pickles, the stuff that hadn't been canned yet. It's someone rescued uh, some dried peppers that <laughs> I just I, I couldn't let go. Is Dude, it so weird? No, it's you, you know you start to think. Well, what, how long am I going to have those? How long did I have those? Who cares, man? They're mine. Like, I should be able to keep them. They're safe. They're good. But even pickles in a, you know, in a 110 degrees, I just kind of get a little funny, you know? And it's, what do you do? And so also, what, strangely enough, nobody wanted my quarts upon quarts of duck fats. <laughs> so it's like, what do I do with them? I have to throw them away. And I, I don't know, kind of that, it, it's a demeaning process but you know what Devin was su suggesting is not only will, would would it help the, the whole concept of food insecurity to, to preserve food but it also becomes this place where people can come and maybe cool down maybe I, I, I vividly remember uh, after Katrina I, I was back in the city after six weeks and and um, the the coffee shop that we would go to every single morning and they had free coffee and then you had an ice chest with with iced coffee that you could take for the rest of the day and and it was just like the coolest thing in the world and I'll never I will never forget that and um just that's what we need to be doing as a community that's what we need to be and that starts stops continues for everything and that should 100% include children, you know? Like, how does this not? How are we worried about coffee but not worried about, you know? Because that's a real thing. Where right. the hell am I going to get my coffee, right? But then I'm also thinking, what about these kids who aren't even, you know, they're eating chips. That's what they get, it's chips. Like, let's change that. Yep. Let's really make a difference. Let's, we owe it to every single part of everything to do that. You know, I, I don't see any other reason to do anything but that if that's if that's the last thing I do damn it I'm gonna change the, the school lunch program in this city at the least and then you're gonna change the world <laughs> we'll, we'll start locally you know. well so it was a think globally act locally that's the, that's well you know you it there is this effect that if you can be the spark that can initiate change and you you can change one person's life that that can change generations. It really can. And we got to try, you know, we really need to try the, and it, you know, I don't know, I, I was raised in a pretty liberal household um, and a very cons cons 
considerate household, I'd say. Like, we really care. My parents have always really cared about, you know, what's going on in the world. And I don't see how we can't care about kids, you know? Like, we have to do this. This doesn't, it seems like a no-brainer to me, you know, honestly. And and if, if it means working hard or if it means doing something that's unusual, like, cutting a vegetable for a $3.75 plate as opposed to opening up a can. Well, you know what? It's worth it. It should be worth it. And it should, the reward doesn't have to be monetary, you know? And it is selfish to a degree because it feels good, damn it. Like, it feels good to make a difference. And, I mean, that's good enough for me, man. <laughs> I love it. Well, Chef, I have really enjoyed our conversation today. And I know uh, our listeners out there are like, where can I find this guy? Where can I eat his food? So tell everybody how to find you, where you're located, sure. all that good stuff. Uh, I am the chef and owner of Boucherie and Bure restaurants in New Orleans. So Bure is at 1510 South Carrollton and Boucherie is at 8115 Jeanette, um, all in the River Bend. And we are open Wednesday through Sunday right now from 11 to 9 and 10 o'clock on the weekends at Bure and from 5 o'clock to 9.30 Tuesday through Saturday at Boucherie. And I'm almost always there. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for your yeah. time today. For my listeners out there, uh, we had Chef Nathaniel Zimmet with Boucherie and Bure on. I had a great talk and I feel, I feel inspired to go change the world. Let's and, do it. <laughs> and, eat, and eat some duck fat after all of this. <laughs> For everybody out there, you've been listening to WRBH Radio 88.3 FM. This is your host of Dinner Party, Chef Amy Sims. Until next time, ciao.